Welcome to Born to Watch. We're three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers. I'm Whitey, and this is another episode of Born to Watch. After last week, when we took a chance on Can't Buy Me Love, take a chance, take a chance, take a well, it was an absolute car crash, Can't Buy Me Love. I hated it, realised only 12 minutes into the movie that I'd never seen it before. But today, we are back in our comfort zone. And especially one of our members, we're right in his roundhouse or maybe wheelhouse. There's a lot of questions to be asked about this movie, and I think we'll cover at least 40% of them. Tonight, we jump kick into the 2011 MMA action drama, Warrior. Let's meet the team. Gow. Jump kick. I see what you did there. Yeah, you really that. nice. Like yeah. that. Very, yeah. very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, fellow watchers. Another big episode tonight. Looking forward to it. This will be fun. This will be really this will good. This will be fun. I'm expecting big things from you tonight, G-Man. It's um, definitely your area of expertise. Well, there's no doubt. Since we changed the uh, sort of the the look and feel of the podcast, and you know, with me being the video shop owner and and Dan being the industry insider and Gao being the black belt in '80s kung fu movies, well, this might not be an '80s kung fu movie, but it is right in the zone for you, G. Well, you know, I've spent a lot of time in my earlier life around karate and MMA, and <laughs> back when I was in a karate quartet in Skokie, Illinois. You know, <laughs> We've, uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, a view on this movie. I've got a good view. Okay, good. Well, you know, it's, it's nice when we actually have expert advice from internally here. Dan, you've uh, already gone and jumped the gun, but how are you up there on the land? Oh yeah, big week on the land. Uh, I, I decided I need to learn how to weld this week, so I went up to M Head's Ranch and this is borrowed, uh, borrowed his welders. Yeah, it, it was pretty new to me, but I got both Tig and Mig. So if you're wondering what the difference is, Mig welding uses a continuously fed electrode wire and shielding gas via a hand torch, whereas TIG welding uses a consumable tungsten electrode with a shielding gas fed through a supply line and a separate handheld filler rod that is manually fed into the weld pool. So just confirm for me, Dan, when you're MIGS welding, is there anything shooting out of people into their face? <laughs> Excellent silence of the lambs reference there, but no. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm very much keeping the uh, the shots loaded shots down to a minimum at the moment with both Dick and Mig. But yeah, look, I, I figure one day I might put some cattle yards into the ranch and a couple of other metal things, um, aluminium as well. So yeah, definitely a good skill to have up here on the land. We also had a great dinner down in the Big Smoke this week. Went down and had some Asian fusion. At light years in in Noosa Junction, so that was yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, very good feed down there, and I also drank heaps of piss. There's um, there's a light years here a, on the GC, yeah, and it lot, is really yeah. good. Light years is great. Yeah. It's up early. It's, it's really, really early, good. Yeah, yeah. Look, really okay, nice. good. 
Sounds like a good week up there on the land. Look, if you want to support the podcast and help us grow, make sure you subscribe to us on all good podcast platforms and share, especially to all your friends and even not your friends. Just share to anyone. You can also find us on all the social networks, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, YouTube, MySpace, Yahoo, everything. Feel free to reach out and join our community and the burgeoning group that is happening on Facebook, Watchers Unite. Get on there. It's starting to grow. It's um, it's building. We're uniting. We are uniting. We are. We it's are. Good to see. Uniting with one vision. <laughs> with yeah. one vision. One, one vision, vision, vision. So, look, Warrior is a yearly watch for me, which is not surprising because most movies tend to be that <laughs> that we do on this movie podcast. But I've got fond memories of this one, especially around the time it was released. And it's not often that movies surprise me, but this one really surprised me a lot. I was not expecting what I got. Gal, when did you first see Warrior? I first saw Warrior when it came out in 2011. I think, I'm not sure where I watched it. wasn't a cinema. I watched it online somewhere. I watched it long after it came out, not long after it came out. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a long movie. Two hours, um, 24 or something, yeah. Yeah, and really good cast, really good cast, which we'll get into soon. Small cast. Yeah, small cast, but uh, everyone plays their part in this movie yeah. really well, I think. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I think you may have tipped me into this. Uh, I remember it was uh, – I didn't see it at cinema, that's for sure. I was definitely my, – my cinema attendance was dwindling in 2011 for sure. But I, uh, I – yeah, I must have seen it, I reckon, probably on a DVD from that new video yeah. shop in Avalon. And oh, just yeah, it it, it stayed with me, and uh, I'm looking forward to overs and unders because I'd like to know how many times you guys have seen it. Yeah, look, I saw this at the movies. I I'd read about this. This was when I had the video shop. This is right in the middle of that, and I'd read a lot about this movie before it came out at the movies, and was quite excited to see it. So when I went and saw it, I was by myself at Warrywood Cinemas in a in a, which is the best way to see a movie, I reckon, on your own solo, no one else in the cinema. If you need to take a leak, you can go in the back corner with your cup. You can leak away. <laughs> may or may not have, may or may not have been done before. Roy Mustaka wouldn't stand for that shit. Oh, mate. Well, you know, please. So I saw it by myself and then saw it countless times in the video shop. Countless times. I had this was when it first came out, this was a Friday night. I'd put this on at about 7:30 when the you know the the kids were starting to leave the shop and it was just the the older people coming in and we'd watch it a lot. Let's, I'm going to set the overs and unders. This is a 2011 movie, so we're 12 years in now. I'm going to set the over and unders at 12. Gow? I'm under. Now, I haven't watched this movie a huge amount of times. I'd be 5 to 10. Okay. But I watched it when it first came out. I've watched it a few times since. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great movie. It's not something I have, I've watched over and over, though. It's sort of I your d- kind of movie, though. It is, and I really did enjoy the rewatch on this. Yeah. So. yeah. What about you, uh, Dan? Over Definitely under 12. Over, over 12. I've watched this movie a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a go-to for me for sure. So I've seen it plenty of times. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm well over 12. I think I'm probably double that. I'd be 20 to 25. It's a yearly watch, but I bash this at the start. This is, yeah. I probably watched this 10 times in the first three months that it was out. Uh, well, like with most movies, I watched this quite a few times early yeah. on, then haven't watched it for yeah. – you know, years now, but that, that's why it's always good to go back and see it again. Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, that uh, having not watched it for a while, it comes back and you go, wow, I forgot about that. You yeah. Know, so. yeah, it's powerful. It's a powerful yeah. film. Okay, let's listen to the trailer. 
toughest kid in the neighborhood was, right? I want to know the toughest man on the planet is. That's what we're going to find out. Brendan, it's me, Pop. What are you doing here? Tommy's back. Did he say if he wants to see me? I'm proud of you, Tommy. What you did for that kid, the tank. What was I supposed to do, let him drown? Tommy Reardon, you saved my life. Look, Brendan, the bank has got to go by the new appraisal figures. You're upside down on your mortgage. How much do you need? I didn't come here for long, Frank. I was hoping that you would train me. Are you serious? Do it! I thought we agreed that we weren't going to raise our children in a family where their father gets beat up for a living. Brendan, you're a teacher. You got no business in the ring with those animals. Actually, I used to be one of those animals. I guess I forgot to put that down on my application. There's this big tournament. Top 16 middleweights in the world. But when it takes all, I'm gonna need a trainer. Of that much you were good at. Frank, I need this. I got a family to protect. Everything I do is for them. What's going on up here? Daddy is now a princess. Mom needed you. I needed you. You're my big brother. You bailed on me. I was a 16-year-old kid. What the hell did I know? You had a choice, okay? You had a choice. War hero Tommy Reardon, who has become an overnight sensation, and Brendan Conlon, the physics teacher, they pulled off a miracle. You can do this. What are you saying? I can do this. You got him! This is impossible! The two men fighting for the championship tonight are brothers! The war! Are we here to win this fight? Because if we're not, I will throw in the towel. Good trailer that really gets you fired up for a good movie. Gow, why don't you tell us a little bit about Warrior? Okay, here we go with the tagline of Family is Worth Fighting For. An ex-Marine haunted by a tragic past returns to his hometown of Pittsburgh and enlists his father, a recovered alcoholic and former coach, to train him from MA tournament awarding the biggest purse in the history of the sport. As Tommy blazes a violent path towards the title prize, brother Brendan a former MMA fighter unable to make ends meet as a public school teacher, returns to the amateur ring to provide for his family. Even though years have passed, recriminations and past betrayals keep Brendan bitterly estranged from both Tommy and his father. But when Brendan's unlikely rise as an underdog sets him on a collision course with Tommy, the two brothers must finally confront the forces that tore them apart, all the while waging the most intense winner-take-all battle of their lives. That's a good synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, draw it on the money there. That's probably... The best one we've had in a long time. Yeah, it uh, it really hits everything that happens in the movie. Yeah. It's a long one too. Yeah. So is the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Morgs likes a long one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right in his wheelhouse. Okay. Definitely have a penchant. <laughs> For the long one. Okay, critical thinking. So on IMDb, Warrior rates 8.2 out of 10, which is great. Really good rating. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 84% on the tomato meter and a 92% audience score. So- well-received all around, and deservedly so. Like, it's definitely an eight-plus movie. Interesting, because I'm going to cut, I'm going to, cut to the gross here. Mm. We'll, go through the, we'll go through the car soon, but it was actually a budget of $25 million and it grossed $24.5 million. Yeah. So, But about $19.5 million on DVD, 
after that. So it didn't do well at the box office, but it's one of those movies that kicked on because it is such a good movie. But it's super niche too. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it, I mean, with a big cast, you know, yeah. some big names came out, but it just didn't do anywhere near what they were hoping in that year. It's a but shame. It's, but it's actually, you know, it's grown. It's grown for a lot of people as we've moved on because yeah. it, it's got a, a big following. Absolutely. Okay. Got a couple of reviews here. Here's the good one. Bruce Damara from Real Reviews. Lovers of the sport and macho men in general be warned. Warrior is so beautifully constructed and emotionally engaging, the tears are almost certain to fall. Bring a hanky and or a very discreet companion. Mm. Discreet companion? I don't know what that means. Mm. Okay, the bad. Now, old uh, Wayne Kerr, there were no reviews that I could find for this. So the bad. Andrew Pulver from The Guardian has to conform to the lunkhead straitjacket of the tournament format. One doofus pounding another in extreme close-up for what seems like an eternity. I think that's harsh. That's, that's harsh. Yeah, that's super harsh. Yeah, I, there, there, there are actually quite a few bad reviews from critics on this, and yeah, none that I could really go, well, give me something that is a bit poignant. It just seemed to be the, the whole macho thing. I'll tell you what. For, for a long time, and it was probably before this, MMA has had a bad name, you know, as a, as a cockfighting sport. And that was more back towards the 2000s, you know, or late 90s. Um, you know, it was outlawed in a lot of states until Dana White and the Fatita brothers got into the UFC and made it so big. It was, you know, in Japan they had Pride and they had other organizations, but there was still this stigma that MMA is this cockfighting and it's really bad. And by this stage, there are already a lot of rules. It's, it's very highly regulated like boxing is now. So, but there's it, still that, public stigma that oh it's it's just well, it's just think, barbaric you know yeah, but, barbaric. but i think you you're walking into a cage there's it looks like there's no holds barred you can use your knees you can use your elbows you can do whatever so it is it is barbaric but it, i i agree it is much more heavily regulated now but back in the day when you used to watch ken shamrock split people's heads well that's open, what i'm saying back like, then but there's been a hangover to that time yeah, of course. Where, and i think a lot of people you know that's what happens that people don't like it because, oh it's a, it's a movie about mma mm. but it was growing so much then too. I mean, it's For sure. grown exponentially it's, it's, in the last 15 years. It's way more than a movie about MMA. Yeah. Oh, it's way more than It's that, way yeah. more. Okay. So, Gal, ordinary people, why don't you tell us about the cast? All right. Here we go. Uh, we'll start with the good Aussie favourite, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Now, we've talked about Joel before. He's um He's, he's been on here through Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Um, started off, look, he did a lot of theatre early on, but uh, did a few did a few episodes of, of local Australian shows, Police Rescue. It's a good one. 95. Water Rats. Yeah, it's favourite. Erskineville Kings. And he was on The Secret Life of Us as Will McGill in 2001. So that's the show that really put him on the map. Yep. He, he, he gave his first big breakthrough in the television industry and was nominated for an AFI award. Um, then he was also in a whole heap of other shows, Secret Men's Business, Never Tell Me Never, Saturn's Return, and, and, and a bit of stage acting. But his first real big break came when he played Uncle Owen in Star Wars in 2002 in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. So that was really his international. The worst, almost the worst of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Out of all of them. Yeah, not great. Not great. Check out my rankings on YouTube, boys. Yeah. You'll see it. But look, after that, he was in Ned Kelly, good Aussie movie, King Arthur in 2004. Um, Star Wars 3 episode, oh, sorry, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, 2005. Kinky Boots. Do you mm. Kinky Boots? Yeah, I do. Um, and as we said, Animal Kingdom in 2010, Warrior 2011, and then the remake of The Thing in 2011 as well. 
is a loose six degrees of separate uh, six degrees of Kurt Russell there, yeah, or one degree very of Kurt loose, Russell. But uh, it's not a great movie. No, well, it's, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. It's just the CGI lets it down. It's nothing on the it, original. It's no. a prequel, right? It's a prequel. Yeah, yeah. it tells yeah. the story of the Norwegian. Yes, okay. yeah, the Swedes. They're Norwegian, McCready. <laughs> but a, f- a few other big movies: Zero Dark Thirty, The Great Gatsby, Black Mass, which is Johnny Depp. That's yeah, a, with about Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger, yeah. Yeah, the the gangster. Um, he was in Gringo with Charlize Theron. But yeah, so anyway, we look. We won't he's go much. Gra- he's a great actor. Yeah. Great Aussie actor. He's in a heap of stuff now. He's a he's a Hollywood. Yeah, he's like, a mainstay. He's a staple. He's a mainstay. Yeah. Um, look, then we go into Tom Hardy. Now, Tom Hardy's had a long career, but he's been in so many movies. Um, but yet again, he was on he was on the stage a lot when he was younger. But made his television debut in one of your favorites, Band of Brothers. Yeah, Band of Brothers yeah. in two thousand and one as John Janovic. Yeah, he's super um, young. If you go back and yeah, super young. Super but young. if you go through Band of Brothers, you will see thirty men that are commonplace in your living room all the time now. Yes. Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks just absolutely crushed yeah. it with the casting of that. Oh, it's an amazing yeah. show, but oh. I didn't even recognize him. You know, it takes a while because yeah. he is so young. Yeah, he's young. He's in it a lot. He's in it for a yeah. long time. Yeah, he is. Whereas a lot of those, like, um, a lot of them die. Like, you'll see yeah. a lot of them, will, you'll see him for one bit and then they die. Is he in Black Hawk Down as well, Gow? He is in Black Hawk yeah. Down, yes. Yeah. 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 But look, that's one of those shows. I started watching it again just a little while ago. Like, that's there was just an episode came on and it happened to be episode one, I think it was on. So I started Karen watching Tan. it. Yeah. I watch Band of Brothers at least once a year. Yeah. And most years I watch it a couple yeah. times a year. It's so good. Good flick. Good it's flick. So good. Yeah, really good. But yes, no, he left he left his studies at uh, the drama centre in London after that and he was in Black Hawk Down, as you said, Morgs. And then he was the villain in um Star Trek Nemesis in two thousand and two. Yeah. Shinzon. Baldy. Mm. Yeah. But then Layer Cake, Rock and Roller, two really good uh He's English great. He's good. Rock Rock and Roll is underrated. Yeah, Hanson I know it's Bob. a Morg's favourite. Yeah. Uh, it's super underrated. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I, yeah. I like it better that, than Layer Cake. The fact that um, old mate Guy Ritchie didn't come back with the real rock and roller and made that plethora of shit yeah. films afterwards. Like, oh, uh, rock and roller is awesome. It was probably the – is it the last great Guy Ritchie film, rock and roller? It's hard to argue that it isn't. Yeah. Did you like The I Gentleman at all? You didn't like it, did you? No, no I didn't, I didn't like The Gentleman. Didn't, it was okay. He's got a new one out now, but I, did, I didn't get into the ones with Robert Downey either, the uh, the Sherlock Holmeses. So Rock yeah. and Roller for me was the last real snappy, tough guy, uh, English, yeah, criminal underworld, just just a really good flick. And the first time you see it, you don't know what the hell's going on. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, good flick. Introduced yeah. it to, he really introduced us to Jared Butler too, that one. Yeah. He had some good movies, didn't he, Guy Ritchie? Jeez, he had some good ones earlier. Oh, mate, he was on a tear. Yeah. And then he he's now a parody of himself, I reckon. He's yeah. now Guy Ritchie trying to be Guy Ritchie, which is a shame. It all went downhill when he married Madonna. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but look, also been in Inception 2000, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy he's 2011. In, he's in big movies. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Obviously in Warrior and then Lawless in 2012. Have you seen Lawless? Yeah, I have. It's a good movie. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. Something got me onto that and I watched it one night. Jeez, it's good. Yep. Really good. Really good flick. It's got Shia LaBeouf in it too, yep. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does, yeah. <laughs> he's a bit maligned, the LaBeouf. Oh, he's gone. He's, he's Apparently he's, oh, he's, he's quite canceled. the proper fuckwit, not like a yeah. fuckwit like yeah. us, like a yeah. absolute like, fuckwit. Absolute, beyond. Mm. He's A grade. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and obviously Dark Knight Rises and, and well, 2015, here we go, Mad Max Fury Road, Legend, where he plays both the Cray twins. Both the Crays, yeah. In that, and then The Revenant 
which he got an Academy Award nomination. So big year, 2015 for yeah. him. But also Dunkirk. He's a bit of a jobber. Like yeah. he, he's got a lot of credits. He works Lots. hard. I mean, he works we're only hard. going through the main ones here. Mm. I mean, Apparently the rumour was he was a functioning heroin addict. That he was, was. That was the rumour. He he was he got sober in 2003 yeah. and he hasn't had any alcohol or drugs since. Yeah. But he was, back then, he was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Scary. Yeah. And he's also been in Peaky Blinders, Alfie Solomons. In that too. And there's there's another Mad Max coming out. Yeah, Furiosa. The Wasteland. Oh right, yeah. In, sorry, that's in production. He's got a, he's got a couple coming out. Venom three is in production. Mad Max: The Wasteland's in production, and Havoc is post production. Okay, that's with Tim Oliphant and Forrest Whitaker. So, have you guys seen any of the Venoms? Yeah. What are they like? Yeah. They look shit. Don't watch them. No, no, they're a waste of time. So, for the original Venom, he got paid seven million in two thousand eighteen. Venom three, twenty million. Yeah. Two years later, and I, I, it blows me away. That movies that are shit keep continuing getting sequels. Like the first one was not great. The second one was not was better than the first one, but and a completely different feel to it. But this they're just money on. making machines, mate. That's all they are. They're making. I'm going to cover that. This, I'm going to cover that this week in a couple videos. I'm sure Morgs will make lewd comments at um, about original ideas in Hollywood. Where are they all gone? Yeah, yeah, no, um, they fucked it. I look. I found a couple of super stats for you. <laughs> Here we go. What's what? What does his grandmother call him? Well, no, his one. His father, Chips Hardy, is the first firefighter in the family to attend university. <laughs> first, Chips, first firefighter in the family to attend university. How many Ooh. firefighters are in the family? Oh, I, mate, <laughs> are they a firefighting family? <laughs> they might be. <laughs> no. Well, it's, like well, the, it's the McCaffrey's in the McCaffrey's. Yeah, absolutely. You go. <laughs> we go. Who's his whiny little brother? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> What's the? But just back to Dunkirk for a second. Is it yeah. when he's he's up in the uh, he's in his Spitfire and he's uh, on the mission to get across? To, I, I mean, Dunkirk, the time thing. It takes you three uh, three times to watch that film before you. What's going understand on when, it. when you do? It's incredible. Yeah, but he's just a the voice. So like you don't you don't see. Obviously, he's got his mask on and he's a plane cockpit. So it's very difficult for him to emote really throughout for his character. But he has one scene I remember where he he, he comes in behind one of the, the German aces and uh, the, his colleagues is something like, uh, he's on my tail. And then you just hear his voice come over, I'm on him. It's just so <laughs> understated <laughs> and yeah. English and, and yes. stoic. And, uh, yeah, it's a, I just think it's brilliant. He's he's an incredible uh, voice actor. Yep. He, yeah, He doesn't really have the same voice in any movie for any role. And I think that it'd be kind of if you were married to him or you're one of his mates, it'd be like, do you ever really know the real Tom Hardy? He, he's, he's played a lot of Burn. Yeah. Fuck it. That was yeah. That was yeah, so many cool. diverse I characters. Was born in the darkness. <laughs> you really adopted it. <laughs> he's definitely uh he's going he's going for the fences in that one. Yeah, he does well. But yeah, so look, he was actually cast in Suicide Squad as Rick Flagg, but had to pull out. Oh, um, went to because that, he was in the Revenant. It went Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, the guy. Joel from, Kinnaman. Yeah, uh, I yeah. like Joel Kinnaman, but yeah, anyone that was in it, that film is just obviously in a big steaming pile of horseshit. Yeah. It, it the, yeah the the latest uh, James Gunn Suicide Squad pretty good. It's worth a watch. It's is it? fun. Okay, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I knew that was coming. 
Um, was also considered for the role of Doctor of Stephen Strange in Doctor Strange, which went to Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously. Yeah. Which I, would have been a little different. Yeah. You know what? He he plays a big guy. Tom Hardy plays a big guy. He's a bit of a midget. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not I, big. I don't think he's big, but they no. make him look like he's big. I but saw Joel. I saw Joel Edgerton in Motorvale once, and I, I just about lost my shit as I'm a bit of a bit of a fanboy. And he's not. He's not like he's not midget small, and I, he looks about the same size as Tom Hardy. So I don't yeah. think. Yeah, you, Tom Hardy looks imposing on film, but yeah, he's just a sort of normal medium wussy guy. You know, the, the ones. Yeah, that, he's not big. Well, they. I mean, in this movie, they make him. Look, he's, he's obviously well, cut up, and they make him look. Well, bigger. it's not long after they do Bane, or, or yeah. either he's done Bane before this, or just maybe. So I think it's just after this, but. He looks like he's a giant in Bane, and he's not a giant. Yeah. Mm. He was born in it. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the old nut tuck himself. Yeah. Morgs. <laughs> Morgs. Warty. Warty. This is for you, Warty. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Nick Nolte oh, is just an out-and-out superstar. Mate, Nick- how good is that guy in this film? Yeah, let's, oh, let's, unbelievable. let's save the – I reckon we save the platitudes for good because I reckon there's going to be plenty. Yeah. Yeah. He is – Incredible, but continue. All right, some early TV shows. One of our old favorites, Emergency. <laughs> Company leader Rampart. Yep, seventy four. <laughs> good year. Streets of San Francisco. He did. Uh, he oh. did a couple of episodes as well. But Nicky Douglas. Yeah, his first big role was in The Deep in nineteen seventy seven. That's a Peter Brenchley novel that was adapted. It's terrible. Jacqueline Bassett in that as yeah. well. Yeah, great Ooh, Good sort. But uh, look, the, the other, obviously first big roll off that was Forty Eight Hours in eighty two. Oh, Such a good movie. Yeah. Started Cracker. the buddy cop movies. Yeah, absolutely, absolute absolutely. groundbreaking film. Great, it's funny. Yeah, awesome. We've spoken about it at length, so we won't dive into. Yeah, that, exactly. But, yeah, and gave the world but, Eddie Murphy as well. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Extreme Prejudice in eighty seven. Oh, we spoke about that lot yeah. long. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that, that in so it's on, long. It's on Plex. Watch is it. it. Okay, is, yeah. I want to watch it. It is yeah. unreal. By the way, I found The Wanderers too online the other day, so I'm going to watch The Wanderers. That's yeah. a great. It's not on Plex Wanderers. I don't know. I found it on yeah. on one of the platforms. But yeah, anyway, so that Born was '87. Cape Fear in '91 as Sam Bowden. Yeah, so that's a great movie. Yeah, good, really, really good. Robert movie. De Niro. Yep. Remake of the High Pants Mitchum film. Yeah. <laughs> no man in the history of planet Earth has worn their pants higher than Robert Mitchum, and that's including Greg Highfield. Who does have <laughs> stitch marks on the bottom of his sack from the seam of his pants? <laughs> Shout out to you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey uh, G. Bumfiler, Esquire. Uh, the Prince of Tides, ninety-one. He got an Academy oh, Award. That's with um, nominate. Sorry, a nomination. That's with Academy Meryl. Award. Uh, who's the woman? The singer with the big nose, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. 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 The player in '92 playing himself, Lorenzo's Oil '92. Oh, tear jerker. Um, yeah, yeah. Mulholland Falls, The Thin Red Line, uh, Hotel Rwanda in 2004. Yep, great flip. What did he do in Hotel Rwanda? I can't remember. He was the Colonel, Colonel no, Oliver. I can't remember him either. It's a John yeah, Cheadle interesting. Vehicle. Oh, it's a Cheadle, Cheadle bit. Yeah. That's for sure. Cheadle yeah. salts. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, then came with a cracking role as Four Leaf Tayback. Mate, I got to say, it's one of his best roles of all time. Yeah. It's really good, that character in Tropic so, Thunder. Did you see that Tropic Thunder's coming under a heap of flack yep. just lately about Ugh. the blackface thing again? Ugh. Like, move on. Why the can't guy- we just leave things Ugh. in the period of time that they were? We all went, holy shit, this isn't probably right, but it's fucking funny. Yeah. 
It pushed some boundaries, it that did one. It pushed yeah. some boundaries. But it pushes more boundaries these days, right? Like, Winner of MTV Movies Best Case <laughs> Award. <laughs> I'm the dude playing the dude about the dude. If I can. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, um, and look, then obviously into Warrior. He's an Academy Award nominee for this movie Should've as won. well. Should have yeah. won. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yep. get to those winners. But uh, yeah, cracking role in this. And then he was in Gangster Squad in 2013, The Ris- Ridiculous Six. Terrible. That's uh, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, that was his that was his first Netflix sojourn oh, yeah. of his of his um ooh, 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 I didn't I didn't watch that based on based on your review. Run. Yeah, ooh, big time. Ooh, ooh. Oh, fucking Adam Sandler. But he's actually done Adam some voiceover. S- Sorry, Mogs, you go. Oh, just one sentence on Adam Sandler. So so talented and just so happy to make absolute dog turds. You know, the thing is, he made some rocks and diamonds, hasn't he? Like, he really has had some good movies and he's had some real bad ones. Yeah. He's not afraid to. Oh, I, I, make like, the bad I one. like a lot of his movies and a lot of them are shit. Mm. Yeah. You don't a mess with the Zohan. Ah, oh, there's Ooh, heaps of shit. God. We yeah. talked about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. Mm. Um, yeah, look, he was actually considered for the role of Superman in the 1978 movie that Christopher Reeve got. Can you imagine him in that? Legend has it he wanted to play it as a schizophrenic. Right. Yeah. Dif- different movie. Yeah. Completely Definitely then. different movie. I, I, don't, I don't think that becomes the fan favorite, you know, yeah. family classic that it is. Yeah. Um, thought he was also going to be in Apocalypse Now. He's going to have the role that um, that Martin Sheen had. Because Harvey Keitel had that role before him as yeah. Lieutenant He got Willard. sacked. He got sacked he got really sacked. Right. And Nick Nolte thought he had the role and then uh, Coppola gave it to Martin Sheen. Yeah. And he's also considered to be Rambo in First Blood, another sliding door. Wow. I don't think he does a bad role. I'm not – it's so iconic now, but I don't think he does a bad role of that. I yeah, think he's, he no, he's no Slice alone. I don't think so. All right, let's move on. It's a long road. We're going to – so, Dan – Is that going to come up later, Morgs? Yeah. I, I've, I've, <laughs> like, one bit of, of this film, Warrior, is – the incredible use of the final scene mo- uh, uh, song in this. It's its by The National. It's called About Today. And I think it's just brilliant. And uh, there's, there's a bit about it, which I'll talk about in Film School for F-Wicks this week. But I just want to look at the, the 10 films that really stick out for me as using a, a song in the final scene just superbly. So not not to be confused with the amazing kick-ass credit of our friend Stan Bush and our mm. homage to him every week. But, no, the actual actual final scene that uses a music track, and it can be a huge thing for directors. Like we talked about it last week, God bless, in, in Can't Buy Me Love. But at a, at a $1.7 million budget for the entire film, 100000 of that went to Michael Jackson for the rights to to the sync rights to use Can't Buy Me Love in that film. So it's not an inexpensive exercise. I know Days of Confuse paid a fortune for the Aerosmith track as well that opens that um, that, that that movie as well. So I'm just going to look at that in film school for f because, yeah, I really dig it. Excellent. Uh, all right, Gow. We look, talked a little bit at the budget and box office. Yeah. Do you want to go any more into that? Or no, do you want to that- talk about 2011, the year that was? Let's talk about 2011. We, there's, a, there's a few other actors in this movie. And there's a few – look, there's a few cameos. There's one big cameo in this movie. Yep. Called a cameo, Morgs. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle plays Cobra. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's, it's, I don't know if it's he's a He's in a fair bit of the movie. But he's not playing himself. So I think that that's yeah. what rules it out. But he's excellent. I think he, as the uh, the Russian yeah, heavy – 
Cobra, he does yeah. a great job, but those eyes are just so piercing. How, so how good? But, how good though? There's some. There's some really good. Frank Grillo's great in this movie as well. Frank Grillo's oh. awesome. Yeah. Really, really good, he and then went on to do very underrated. Frank, Grillo. I was going to say that he's mm. hugely underrated. He's in, he's in the MCU. He's in yep. he's in the uh, he's in a lot of the Captain America movies. The Purge, remember that he's in the Purge. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's good in everything he does. He's a bit like me in that he's old as fucking balls, <laughs> but still looks quite quite sprightly and handsome. So he's got to be in his fifties, I think, and he just he looks he looks the good. So have you yeah, seen me, in this movie? Ten years ago, he's so young and so skinny in this. Because some of his other roles he's had since he's 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 beefed yeah. up. He's beefed up. Yep. His wife's well, the, it, uh, the 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 former mayor in in Yellowstone that Kevin Costner oh, knocks off every oh, now and yeah, again. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's, she's a great really? okay. It's his real life missus. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah, very very. She's got very a terrible name in. She got a terrible name in um, Yellowstone. I can't remember what it is, but it's a terrible name. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah. But yeah, no. But he got knocked out. He got knocked out of uh, all the Marvel. Like they cut short his contract and they mm. cut him out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Captain America gets killed, there's no need for him anymore. Yeah. But yeah, look, another another few in there. Anthony Rumble Johnson was Midnight Lee. He was the first guy that uh, Brendan Conlon fought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he a fighter, mate? Yeah, he actually yeah. passed away last year. I think he had pancreatic cancer. But he uh. was he was a big bloke, and he was cutting down to middleweight. Like he's huge, and he was yeah. knocking people out left, right, and center. He never won a title, but. He had some big fights. He was a, he a, was a really, really he, good fighter. He, yeah. I, I think he does well in that scene. You don't think he's just a, a fighter that they brought in. Uh, he, he comes across as an actor. That's yeah. uh, well done. Rest in peace, big fella. That was that yeah. sucks. But um, Nate Marquardt was the second fight. He was a long-time UFC fighter. He was the second fight that Brendan Conlon had. Yep. Uh, he, was a, he was a middleweight in the UFC. Josh Rosen, the guy that refereed in that tournament, he's an actual MMA referee. Come on, yep. Josh! He's no, he's no big John McCarthy, but uh, – but uh, a long time in there, and then John Anik. Are you ready? Well. Rashad Are you ready? Evans. Let's get it on. What, what about what I got two? I want to mention. I'm going to mention Brian Callen, who, who's yep. the commentator, who's playing himself, but he's taking off Joe Rogan. Yeah, right. And he's great. He was in The Hangover. He's been in heaps of stuff. He's, he's really comedian. good. He's in he very, very two good. Hangovers. Yeah. The Hangover doesn't he play uh, somewhat of Arabic? Descent? Yes. Yeah, he does. He plays yeah. the guy who's the wedding chapel. <laughs> in the first <laughs> one, he's right. Eddie, and the second one, he's another character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Kevin Dunn. Who's the principal? Yep. yep. He's just in. Everything. He's been in heaps of stuff. In everything. Yeah, I didn't even go into him because yeah. I was like, "There's, but, there's so but much." We, there. But we, we we haven't touched on, and, we, and this is probably the last one we'll touch on. Jennifer Morrison as Tess Conlon. Yes, she is classically beautiful. Yes, she is hard to take your eyes off her when she's on the screen. Yeah, she's been in lots of stuff. Yeah, too. she's a jobber. She's a TV jobber. Yep. Yeah, she's gotten into directing now as well. She, her first movie was Intersection in 94 with Richard Gere and Sharon Stone. She was the daughter of Richard Gere. Okay. Uh, but what else? She was in How I Met Your Mother. She did. She had a recurring role in that as, yep. as one of the love interests. She was on House MD, did 130 episodes of that. Obviously, Warrior. Once Upon a Time, that's where I first came across yeah. her. Yeah. She's in, in a whole 137 episodes of that. Yep. But yeah, anyway, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. We've, we've yeah. Okay. I just want to go through the top 10 movies for the year. Because yep. it's quite interesting. First movie, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2, which is the last of the of the franchise at number one. Transformers, Dark of the Moon at number two. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides at number three. Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Part one. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. Kung Fu Panda 2. Fast Five. The Hangover 2. The Smurfs. Cars 2. Puss in Boots. Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. 
The first 12 movies are all franchise. That's not until we get to Rio, which is animated. At it's 13, a Pixar is the film, first, yeah. is, is a Pixar film, which is the first Ooh. individual. Then we go Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Thor, Thor, right? Two more franchises. Now, one of the most underrated movies ever made is number 16, The Untouchables, which is the French film. Really good. Uh, it's really amazing, good. Yeah. amazing yeah, really film. Is that remade with Brian That Brian's was remade with, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Kevin Hart. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the so. Untouchables is one of the best movies you'll ever watch. Yeah, very good. This this movie this year just reeks of um, franchise, and this is what is killing Hollywood, right? This is personification yeah. of the death of Hollywood. This is where it's moved to. Yeah, yeah this is the. I didn't realize it. it was it was that far back. Like over over a dozen years ago, it was the yeah. the, the fall had begun. I thought it was more recent, but yeah. wow. But it's funny Ugh. you get out of the top twenty, and then we start having some some original stories. You've got Real Steel, which is. I really enjoy that. It's great for the kids. Uh, Is Hugh that Jackman. With Jackman, yeah. They, yeah, they're fighting robots. robots. Fighting. They're yeah, fighting yeah, robots. Right. Really good fun. Uh, mm. Bridesmaids, Super 8, which is excellent. J.J. Abrams. Mm. Uh, Rango. Uh, there's some good movies. Horrible Bosses. You've got to go. Horrible, Horrible Bosses. Oh, funny movie. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you've got to go You've got to go deep, but there's some good movies in there. Uh, but, you know, it's a shame that the first 15 or so movies are just franchises. Yeah. Well, that's, look. When you go through all of those 2010, 2009, we've been through yeah. them before. There's so many movies. that They're all just franchise yeah, movies. They they're are. just big blockbuster make That's money it. movies. That's it. Okay. Let's move on to question time. Sorry, could we just go back? Because I just want to talk about the um, the best picture that year. Oh, yeah. No, we need to do this. Yeah. So, best this picture is, that year. This is one of the great travesty Oscar years in the history of the Oscars. Yeah, you'll have something to say with this. The artist. A, a joke. Best director and best actor for Jean Dujardin. A joke. Best actress was Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady. That's fair enough. She wins everything she's in. Now, the best supporting actor was Christopher Plummer in Beginners. Okay. Have you ever seen Beginners? I've never heard of it. Have you heard of Beginners? Yeah, that's with um, Ewan McGregor and the French chick out of of Inglourious Bastards. Is that the one? Uh, Mate, to be honest, I've never seen it. Uh, I think I I've seen it. About it. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty arty, so I can understand but, but you if, know, if it's but, the one with, I'm thinking about. But, like, okay, so Kenneth Branagh's in – my Week with Marilyn is also nominated. Jonah Hill in Moneyball is nominated, which is a star turn, right? It's his first real crack at a dramatic role. Nick Nolte is in Warrior. How he does, in hindsight, how he doesn't win this, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good in it. Mate, he's better than pretty good. Yeah. He's better than pretty good. And it's how, and because I'm just trying to look down here that the artist is nowhere in the money list. It's it's Nowhere. it's a subtitled silent. Yeah. Well, it's a silent film. Yeah, it's a silent film, and that's why it won because it was something that had never been something done before, different. right? But how does how does Jean Dujardin beat George Clooney? Is incredible in The Descendants, probably one of his best uh, roles ever. But you've got Brad Pitt who crushes it in Moneyball, and My- you've got Gary Oldman who is like. Going at the speed of light and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in a movie that's slow. Like it's, I don't get it. Like Moneyball came in at number 65 with 111 million. The artist at number 61. Yeah, we're close to Moneyball. I'll give you the tip. We're close to Moneyball here. Yeah. It's close. It's nearly Moneyball time. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, we'll, we'll have our own little Oscar party in the next couple of weeks when we do our Oscar movie. One of the great travesties in the history of Oscars that we've Oh, the up. great travesty in the history of Oscars is the fact that I'm not on the fucking voting panel. Fuck you, Clyde. <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually putting a whole episode together on just that subject. Yeah. Uh, okay, question time now. 
Yeah. This is at squarely at you with your with your experience in this matter. Eight weeks to prep for Sparta. Thoughts on that? It's not a lot of time <laughs> when that when they're saying you're fighting the best middleweights in the world in, the world. in MMA. Yeah. For a guy that you know, Tom, Tommy's been in special ops and doing all of that. So he's and he's he's always been fighting. He he's fit, whereas Brendan Conlon's not. Brendan Conlon's teaching so we and, don't even, and fighting on the side, but not not training hard. That's a that's eight weeks is not a lot of what, time to get yourself. What super would fit. your what would your Shatosi Sensei Mark Greville have done in this situation? What would he have done? Yeah. What would he have said to you if you came to him and said, "I've got eight uh, weeks." Sh- sh- Shatoshi. Yeah, Sensei. Put me got, in Sparta. Well, Shatoshi. So you're in. Wait, let's set the scene for everyone. You're in Collaroy. Collaroy. D.Y. West. D.Y. West, okay. D.Y. West. No, you, you're, you're standing on the, on the, on the fence the do- post at Plateau Park you're outside at the, do- the fizzy, fizzy gym. No, no, no. F- we used to, fizzy we, gym slash dojo. Yeah, we were, no, we were down at the Chroma Community Centre. We used to go outside and, and punch the wood. They used to put the wood into the pilings at the back and we used to punch the wood with Band-Aids on it. Ki-yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which Carter did you select to punch the, <sighs> punch the wood? Well, no, you didn't do Carter. That was, that was just, um, just practising, you know. That was bare-knuckle. Hitting that was hard Ooh. stuff, but since I Greville, yeah, he was my Shidoshi. <laughs> he was, and uh, he used to say the mind is your greatest weapon, and that's what he always said to us. Really, you know? yeah. yeah. Like, well, mate, well, would that have been the advice he would have given Brandon Conlon? Well, would have. I mean, he was to say, if you're preoccupied with preoccupied with a single leaf, you won't see the tree. Now, just let that sink in. Right? Think about that for Brandon Conlon, because guys, karate, karate, and MMA. It's all around us. It has its own energy or life force. I'm loving this. I'm loving this, yeah. The energy goes up and down and around. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Well done. It's circular, you know. It's circular. All good things. You've got to feel the flow of it. Yeah. You've got to harness the good, block the bad. Block the bad. Harness the good, block the bad. Harness good, block bad. I reckon, just just quietly from what you've just told me then, I reckon your Shatosi Sensei Mark Greville would have been tied in not like a fucking pretzel. And had his had his head shoved up his own bum by midnight. Oh, that's a little different. That that's karate against MMA, and there's there's no way that and anyone that does one one discipline like that is going to fight someone like Anthony Rumble Johnson. There's did you no guys difference. on a on a side note? Did you guys watch the the Australian MMA superstar, the the number one pound for pound guy, Alex Volkanovsky? His yes. fight recently. Yep, isn't he amazing? So I've, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. So he mm. he came up and and he was doing quite well. He hadn't he lost a couple of early fights and then he he just hit his straps and he is he's beaten so many guys and he's cleaned out the featherweight division in the UFC and then he was going up a division. Mm. He's, he's going against a guy that's that's bigger than him and he almost takes him out. And that guy is that Makachev is is like the next big thing, yeah. the next big thing in UFC. So, and he almost took him out. I, I'm yeah. not. I don't, I don't prescribe to be a master in this area, but is his nickname the Volcano? By any chance of no, the Alexander the Great. Alexander the oh, Great. Oh, mate, Ooh. it should be the volcano. Volc- it yeah. should be the volcano. Yeah. He's going to erupt all over you. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mate, and he's he's not a big guy. He's no, tiny. he's not. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen him. He doesn't look that big. Okay, so look, I understand that Tommy's got some shit going on. He's seen some stuff. He's done some stuff. But is he just an asshole? Yeah, Tommy, well... You, you go the full you go the full ride with Tommy. He comes in and he's he's not a happy camper, but you can tell underneath. Obviously, they get to the backstory of how he saved his mates when he was while he was deserting. Yeah, you know, showing that he, he'd had enough of that, but he wanted, but he still, you know, 
he's still got got the brotherhood and, and he's still searching. He comes back to see the first thing he does is come back to see his dad, who he hates. Yeah. You know, like so he's still searching for something in there. But yeah, he doesn't um he doesn't mince his words. No, he doesn't. At all. No, no he's pretty average. What's the old man back on the ship with Ahab? That's for sure. Man, how good is that first scene now where he turns up to the gym? So how does it work around here? Fitz is oh. still in? I don't know. No, Fitzy, man. And then in he goes, signed 35 bucks a month, which I thought was very reasonable, very yeah. reasonable for combat very. sports training. Yeah. And then uh, he, he gets in there with, uh, with with old mate. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Yeah, Mad Dog. Is this Grimes. guy signed a waiver? <laughs> You're He's good. good. That's one He's of those good. Guys. That's <laughs> good. That was one of my good, that whole scene. Yeah. When he just knocks oh, him out and then he just, he just calls it. the manager over and goes, you owe me 200 bucks. And then just walks out. Yeah. 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 And awesome. that, and that just sets, that just sets the tone for him as the character in the movie, right? The whole thing, because he just is no nonsense. He's just like, he eats shits and leaves. I'm He's a koala. Yeah. He's a koala. I'm in and out here and this is all about the money because he just wants the money for yeah. his mate's wife. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you can, yeah. Exactly. He's a, he's an onion. He's Shrek. Yeah. You peel back the layers and he's a sweetheart, but there's some rough exterior. Yeah. What's the go with the principal? So the principal sacks him and then he sucks, essentially sucks him off. What's well, it going to be, mate? What's it going to be? Go to bat for him and go, mate, it annoyed me. So well, I'm he gonna- couldn't at the start, right, because he's saying like the – down comes the district superintendent, and I'm in, I'm in trouble here because you've gone out and you come with bruises, and everyone knows you're fighting, right? So, so, so the district because it's a it's a public high school, they're going to come down to him, but he does turn, he does turn good for him. Well, no, he, no, sorry, so the guy can't afford his house, so he sacks him without pay. Fuck you, principal. Mini, mini. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't mini, do that. He didn't the get a bat did for him it. either, though. The district did it. Didn't get a bat for him. Mini quick Damn. fire. He's my choice for Ripley running for his appalling cheerleading <laughs> in his lounge room yeah. when he's telling his wife yeah. how good the yeah. Brendan yeah. Condon's going. Yeah. The, yeah. the guy has no gross motor skills. No, he's not. He's not good. He's not good. Okay, last question before we get into the categories. In Sparta, does Mad Dog die in the ring after what Tommy does to him in Sparta? So he wails him in the gym. And then just does not stop punching him after he gives him that clothesline and knocks him out. That's death in the ring. Josh Rosenthal really didn't do his job well there. They didn't. They didn't bring him no. across well at all. They just let him keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no way. There's no way a referee no. stops him that late, no. especially when the guy's out in the ground. But yeah, he gave. He got about eight or nine unanswered Mate, shots. It's on like the he, ground. he dies. He dies there. Is he's, he a he's real not fighter? For a long time. Yeah, is he a real fighter or is he just an actor? No, no, no. I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of, but not of, not of any great uh, level. Ilk yeah, got it. got it. All right, well done. That's it for question time. Now we're going to move into the categories. And for now, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to start with you, G. What do you got for good? Okay, we went through my good. That, that first scene when Tommy knocks out the, the fighter in the gym, that, that just sets it for me. It really sets that tone. Love that scene. I remember when I first watched it, I was like, oh, if you, if you weren't already hooked on the movie, I was like, oh, this is on. No, you're this in. is good, right? You are in. And this character is so brooding and bad and you're just like, right, I'm, I'm, I've, you've got all of my attention here. Um, I know you guys are going to go through. We're going to talk about – you'll talk about Nick Nolte and how good he is in the role. And look, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton both – are really, really good, you know, in their in their separate characters. You know, they, they act, they they do so well in this movie. So, yeah. mine was really, I'll leave them. But 
the interaction between like the first interaction between Tommy and his dad is just so brutal and bad and you can just see so much hatred and, and bitterness and betrayal there and that comes across like that really comes across and even the first thing with Brendan and his dad when when mm. pops turns up at his at his house Megan Megan walked in while that was going and she goes what's he done and I go just watch and listen because she only heard the Brandon side of it and then if you sit and watch, just give it a minute and you'll find out what he's done. And then you'd find out that he's obviously alcoholic and, yeah. you know, bashed his mom and blah, 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 blah. And, and they obviously made an ass of himself three years ago and da, 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 da. And, but you're right. You, the pain in both of those boys, like they're broken, man. That, and that's the thing. So, you know, that scene, you can, you can imagine that being an actual conversation when Brendan has that with his dad at the front. That, that's something that you could see happening. But when he go, breaks down, when he sees the grandkids, like Nick Nolte, man. There's about five scenes which are like they've gone, let's just put five Oscar scenes in this movie and they're all going to star Nick Nolte. And it's that quintessential bit of a trope where it's, it's, an, it's an Oscar scene. You're, yeah. you are, you're doing your Oscar monologue and how he didn't win blows me away. Yeah. But that, that, just the dynamic between all three of them and even when the brothers finally get together. Like that's Tommy's, brutal. God, that's brutal. Tommy is so, you know, he's so hurt by that. And, and, you know, and, and then you're getting the backstory about how he left with the mom and then he left them and stayed with the wife. Yeah. the girlfriend at the time, but just that interaction between all of them, it just, uh, it's just so, so realistic and, and so powerful. Right. And, and even you know, back at the house when, when he's saying, Can, can't we just open the lines of communication? He's like, you got two lines. Yeah. You got, you got the phone, you got the post office. Yeah. Like he's just not having him. And you can just see, you know, you just think to yourself, how bad, how bad must this have been without them going back through the whole story yeah. and, and developing it. You're just going, he's been really bad. I think that's what, I think that's one of the, strengths of the movie is that it, again it's this movie that doesn't play us for fools yeah. you don't need to explain this stuff you can tell you know there's pain you can see it they don't have to go back and go well a b c d became z they they're not thinking we're idiots we'll figure it out you well, can see you know tommy makes a few comments to him you know in the in that first scene too and he's like oh i guess mate, you can't find a woman that doesn't take your shot these mate, days and, super quote and, but then but then just nick nolte sitting there and just you can see him just taking it and going well, there's there's nothing me. I can say, yes. nothing, but that's just so powerful as yeah. well. Like he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't arc up at it. He just, yeah. he just knows, right? But it only gets better when like, and we'll, we'll continue on that, but yeah. you got anything more? No, not for good. That's okay. my good. Dan, what about you, mate? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I also had the two protagonists in the story. So as an audience, we're not sure who we're rooting for. Is it, is it Brendan Conlon or is it, is it Tommy Conlon? Uh, yeah, it's, which I think is a really brilliant plot technique that, uh, it, it, I mean, it's not uncommon, but it works really well. Gavin O'Connor, the director, had, has done an amazing job in here. We didn't really talk a lot about Gavin O'Connor, <clears throat> but he is, he's sports movie royalty. Like, he, he's done this. He also did the original Miracle with our favourite, Kurt Russell, and he was the one who, who looked at that story and, and said, look, this has got to be about Herb, the coach. It's, uh, th this is the story I want to tell. So he's got a real gift for, uh, I guess, elevating the sport genre film into into something a lot more and just exploring character which is it's not always as nuanced as Gao can attest to in quite uh, quite a few of his 80s kung fu flicks it's uh, it's it's definitely not top of mind when uh, when the director's uh, writing his scenes that's for sure so i think uh, i think he did a great job he also married Brooke Burns who is a 19 out of 10 mm. Uh, so well done, Gavin O'Connor. There, he's a bit, a bit of a dorky looking dude, but Mate, you know, punching. you know, he's he's the 
he's JJ Riley. He's the promoter in the movie. Yes, the uh, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. A, he does a, a bit in in that film. Look, I, I don't think he does much with that role. I think he's probably just licking himself out with that a bit. Um, but no, well, I think there was him and one of the other producers said he said I'll only do it if you do it. it was Anthony Tambarkas, I think they said yeah, they both had a role in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a nothing role, pretty. but it, I mean he's fine. Oh. But but finally, good. You've already touched on it, but Nick fucking Nolte, fuck the Academy. This is why I've got beef with the Academy at the moment. One for this absolute travesty with Nick Nolte, and two with the fact that I'm sitting on the land rather over a, a, lapping up award season at the moment with your mate. Because everything, everywhere, all at once seems to be sweeping all of the awards season, gals. So uh, your mate Rounders is uh, is yeah. cutting absolute sick, and I should be there with him on the piss, cutting sick myself, but I'm not. So fuck the academy, fucking well done, Nick Nolte. And and I know Rounders will have something to say next week after this. Oh, after sure. gets because sure. this is one of his favourites. But <laughs> yeah, we'll wait and see what yeah. comes from him. Yeah, look, I can't I can't say anything more about Nick Nolte. Let's talk about one scene. And the scene where he finds Tommy at the pokies and oh, yeah. he goes, I'm, you know, I'm really trying here. Like, and he just starts throwing the coins at oh, him. And, the and one abs- of them sits on his yeah, collar and just sits there. The, the absolute heartbreak you can yeah. see in his face that you know that he's off This the is just making and me angrier. We need to stop talking about this. Yeah, he is it, so it, it, good in this. From there, we'll go to then the next scene, which is drunk acting at its best. Oh. And we talk here, we have a laugh a lot about people that have never drunk before acting Tom drunk Cruise. in movies in Hollywood. Tom Cruise is one of the best. Mm. But Nick Nolte, I think Mork said this afternoon, the only thing that would make it more realistic is if he'd actually shit his pants while he was doing the scene. Now, he actually looked, he probably was drunk when he did this scene. Like, it is incredible. It is so, again, like, low-key. It is brutally heartbreaking. And then Tommy... It's funny, the two times that Tommy breaks, he either gets broken or he breaks someone, mm. and they're the two times that he breaks. So that's just amazing. I think the handheld camera work in this movie is phenomenal. It's good because so- it's, it's not like the Born films that make me want to puke when I'm watching it even on a small screen. Yeah, but, but they it- also use it. They also use it, I think, to gloss over the fact that these guys aren't fighters, right? So yeah. they, there's a lot of close-in shots, and they, a lot of a lot of critics use that as a negative. But I see that as, as you know, plenty the, of strengths. The, the, the fight scenes in this film, you would never know that Joel Edgerton, if unless you were an absolute fight nerd, that these guys aren't fighters. It is shot brilliantly. They yeah, look the part. They look like that. They, they should be in the ring. I've got they've focused on the easy skills that they can do, striking skills, some some setups with the grappling that they do. Like they don't try and make them do things that they just couldn't possibly compete with. I think it's fantastic. Well, well it's, think- it's really good because they get Tom Hardy to be the guy that's knocking people the out, mm. and and his brother's a grappler, and his well, brother's making submissions. It's believable. It's, it's believable. very believable because a lot of fights are like that where you you know, and especially. You know, a lot of these guys these days doing that are, are very well rounded in all different disciplines. But back then, you had a lot of guys, and Hoist Gracie was, you know, he was the one that was in UFC one, and he was just a grappler, and he couldn't, he couldn't fight his way out of a punch out of his way yeah. out of a bag. But yeah. he got a hold of someone, and, and that's happening. And I think that's how, that's the thing that makes it realistic to me is that you know physically that it looks like Brandon's not going to be able to compete, but if he gets that one move, that it's game over. And I think that was what because if he tried to make him a striker, or they tried to make him be like. You know, a beast. It just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So he was—he was very good in some of his transitions in the grappling. I, I watched closely, and yeah. So he's, he actually—he's actually trained really well because they trained—they trained with 
one of the one of the coaches, Mike. Um, they did, Mike Jackson. Yeah, they lived with him. Sorry, they lived with him Mike during the Jackson. making of the movie. So I, I also had I had that. Uh, how good are fucking drive-ins? Uh, what a way to watch the the final fight with the whole school in the drive-in. Thought that was unreal. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, okay, so let's move into Sorry, the bad. Greg Jackson, not Mike. Jackson. Ah. It was Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson. They got their own academy. Okay, so the bad. We'll start with you, Dan. What do you got for bad? The fucking school kids and their shit signs at that drive-in <laughs> you were just looking out. What, what, that was the only time Gavin O'Connor and his team dropped the ball. Like, they were appalling. Go, Mr. C. Like, no, I'm sorry. Americans don't do sarcasm, but they're also not, not lame enough to come up with those signs. They were unnecessary. We get that the kids love his teacher. We could, but the audience is not stupid, i.e. us. You didn't need those lame-ass signs. And there are also a few in the fight when they're doing Sparta as well. And I was just like, guys, no one brings signs like this. Like maybe a WWE audience. I was going to say it's not WWE, only, yeah. Only because they're, they're a little mentally uh, unstable, most of the uh, attendees, but and buy into the fact that it's uh, a little realer than possibly it is. But, yeah, I, that was it. I, I And I struggled to find bad for this movie. But on the, on the revisit, I just went, oh, my God, that just wouldn't happen. Yeah, do you think that they needed one of those school kids to do a you know a big speech and then everyone claps at the end? Oh god! <laughs> if they'd done a, <laughs> they needed a, a slow clap. clap would have killed it. A slow <laughs> clap would have killed it. Definitely. What about you, G? Um, look, my bad. Little technical. There was a there's a good a lot of good stuff that we talked about the the fighting there. There's a few in there like when Cobra comes in and starts pulling out wrestling slams that just yeah, doesn't the, happen the like, suplexes suplexes and things like that it he just doesn't fucking happen smashes him yep hammers him three did, times Kurt Angle went to WWE for a while did he yeah for yeah, a long yeah. no well yeah. he, he was a gold medal wrestler yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. he came out and then he went to WWE after that and he, yeah. he stayed there for his he was a world champion he's not a, he wasn't a UFC guy he was right okay. no 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 he's actually a Look, he's a WWE Olympic wrestler. Yes, yeah, he yes, was an Olympic wrestler. A, Look, I don't yeah. know. I don't know with his pedigree as a, as a wrestler, he could have he could have turned to MMA because quite a few guys have done that. Whether he can make the transition, some have done it successfully, but it's mm. it's hard to do. But yeah, he's he's he got the big bucks, mate. He's a real he's the real deal. Yeah. as a wrestler, I yeah. think he only ever lost like a couple of matches. Yeah, yeah, he's excellent. Um, yeah, look. That was really it for my bad. We sort of covered the bad parts yeah. of the movie there. I've got, I've, I've really got one. I've talked about the principal. He annoyed me. I've talked that Tommy's a bit of hard work and the eight weeks. Okay. No one throws their mobile phone off a mountain when someone's injured and they're fucking miles from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Old Frank Grillo. You can, and you don't know why until you pans down. And you see that the guy who's the Sparta entry has busted his knee. Why do you throw your phone? You need yeah. your phone, pal. They're going to call you back. Someone's going to call you. What injury do you think he did to his knee? Because he was carrying on. And then that was like that don't hurt. Like it just, it, it's just. I, I, I have that. Another one in quick fire for the Ripley <laughs> is, is that. Who injures themselves like that badly running up a hill? Yeah. Like, like fair oh, enough no, if he's done a cruciate ligament, but it's not going to hurt. Yeah. It's, it's just no. going to, yeah, just be stabbed. Well, no, remember, remember David Kidwell when he was playing for South, did it? Tripped over his, he was cooking a barbie home, tripped over his kid and did his cruciate, was out for the season yeah. at, a, at a Sunday barbie. See, that, what we but, may not have seen is that maybe Brandon just sort of swept the leg. Yeah. Swept the leg. Maybe that's could the have, evil. Could have been some targeted kicking in the gym before that. Evil Brandon. Look, I do have one bad, oh, sorry, we'll go to Morgs first. Uh, Morgs done. No, I'm done. Bad. I'm done, yeah. School, right. shit, school kids, Fine. shit signs. Oh, that's right. Mine was, look, just thinking about it was, this is the biggest MMA tournament in the world. $5 million purse. Ten of the best 
you know, people, and you've got Cobra, who's the world number one, who's loosely based on Federer, Melianenko, who was unbeaten at that stage. And then Brendan Conlon, who by his coaches admission is just a 500 fighter. A best. And he's not actually fighting at the moment. He's fighting, you know, in, in, in car, car parks. parks. There's no way he's going to get a spot. In the, when there's 10 people, there's so many people around the world vying for that spot. And they go, we're going to give it to, because yeah. you say he should come in. Like, and he's a guy with a, with a spotty record. It just, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. No. Oh, no. But anyway, we've we'll got, we got to make the story. We'll suspend belief for that one. Okay, we got anything for ugly? No. No, that's really it. I've got Nolte not winning the Oscar. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Worse. Okay, now we're going to move into Morgz's quickfire. Yes, my F-witted friends. Let's do quickfire really quickly this week. First category, that's not a knife. Mick Dundee, Crocodile Dundee, for a scene from the movie that's passed over into popular culture. I, I think this is too under the radar for anything really. Oh, nothing. To, to nothing. pass through. Yeah, nothing. Gow, you agree? Yep. No, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Philip Stuckey in Pretty Woman, Jason Alexander, for the biggest douchebag in the film. I've got mine, and it is the bank guy that oh. Joel Edgerton goes to see, and he explains about his daughter's just had a heart transplant, and the guy says, oh, stories. There's, there's always so many stories. There's so many stories. I wanted to re- – just brilliant. He plays it brilliantly. I wanted to reach through my Sony screen and punch him in Dude, the face. It was fantastic. Okay. What about, what what about when, he says, when he says to him, he goes, have you thought about foreclosure? No, no stigma with that these days. Yeah, bank, bankruptcy. Who yeah, says that, that yeah. to someone? It's bankruptcy, sorry, yeah. Uh, look, I've got to say one thing. Do you know that he is also one degree of Kurt Russell? Ooh, go. He's Noah, he's Noah Emmerich. Yeah. And he's in Miracle. Ah, okay. He's, 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 in he's Miracle. one of the dissenting uh, board members or coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he just yeah. plays douchebags all the time. So. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So well, well, he, do, he does a great job. Does a great job. Uh, next one's the cast of Caddyshack for actor actors that have no idea what movie they're in and think they may be in another movie. Um, I did, no one really stood out for me here. Any, any of you guys? The cast isn't deep enough for that anyone really be no. off the rails a bit. Like they, they I, stick I with the, the characters. Fighters, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. fighters they keep at a, at a distance. There's no real lines for the. Maybe the Mad, like they're, they're Mad in there. Dog, maybe. Mad Dog a little Mad, bit. Mad yeah. Dog's a little over the top. Yeah. Mad Dog's, but I also had him for the biggest dick as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I also thought, look, just the commentators between between Brian Callan and Sam Sheridan, just some of the commentary they came up with is not something – like if this is a big event and they're the, and they're the commentators, they're not going to talk down some of these people. They're going to be talking them up and yeah. saying how they've got a chance and how this guy's done this and done that. So I know that that's some of the background because that, they're trying to fit it in to make the storyline. Yeah. But yeah. some of that to me was a little bit mm, – it's not, yeah. not really going to be like that. That's yeah. that's your combat sports background, Gary. You just don't stand for that shit. Well, no. Make it real or go home. Yeah. Uh, Ripley running. Next category for a scene from the movie showing off particularly poor athletic prowess a la our favourite Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Uh, anything here? I, I also, I've already spoken about the principal and his fucking shit little jig yep. that he does in his lounge room. He looks like an absolute... Space Cadet. Uh, anything from you guys? I've just got the guy doing his knee, running up the hill. Yeah. That's it. Keep but- running up that hill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Boom, good, good track, Gal. <laughs> well done, Gal. Uh, uh, no, I don't have anything for that. We've we Look, all of it was pretty good in there, I thought. The, it was pretty realistic, look, some of those fight and scenes. Well, I think we need to pause and say, as, as a sports movie, that's excellent because we can recoil in horror at some of the shows of athletic prowess in other sports movies. <clears throat> where they're using actors instead of athletes. But I think that uh, overall they do a great job in this. And my voice just got very sexy. Thanks. 
<laughs> Thanks, Demi Moore. Oh. Yeah, no. Jesus Christ. It's to me. I could have another sip of beer. That'll fix it. Hang on. Mm. Next one, again, from the movie Aliens, of the director's cut this time. If you haven't seen it, they stick in a scene with the robot sentries, which just show how many of those fucking aliens are coming at them. It's brilliant. It tells us a little bit more about the predicament that they're in. Is there a scene in this you would have liked to see more of? Maybe a bit about the history, maybe a bit about the fighting history of the two boys. Yep. They didn't They didn't delve much into the dad relationship either. Like they didn't really – I don't, which, which I don't, I don't mind don't that, need to, but, but yeah. I think it might have been good to have seen – the two boys fighting because they're both fighters. Yep. That, but yeah, really, to really, be honest, yeah. for, a, for a movie that goes for two hours and 24, you know, there's, there's not a lot of bullshit in this movie. No. Not a heap. Not no. a heap. It flows pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, you, I, I didn't need to say any more. I think that you, you mentioned it before, Whitey, that the director doesn't treat us like an idiot as an audience. Uh, he gives us just enough so that we know what's going on. I, I didn't need to say any more. Uh, I think that you're fucking wrong. Uh, last one is Whitey's Brad Pitt for actor or actors out of the film that you would like to have special relations with in a romantic fashion. Obviously, Joel Edgerton's wife in the film is stunning. Plims, you don't need to have enormous fats to be a 10. <laughs> um, anyone else from you guys? No. Uh, yeah, I've got one. I've got Ring Girl 3, the girl that brings out the, the, the three for the Ring Girl uh, for round three. She's stunning. Brunette, tall. Was it round three? It was round three. You've been. It's burnt on my brain. <laughs> You've been quite into chicks uh, the last few films, Whitey. I've, I've noted. <laughs> yeah, look, I think there, there were some, there were some athletic men. There was, but they're, they're a bit too bearish for me. Like, uh, there's only room for one bear in my bedroom. That's me. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> anyway, that was quick fire. Well done. <laughs> Okay, now we'll move into listen to this. Gao, what have you got? I've got a couple. We've hit most of these. Um, obviously, in a movie like this, you know, there's a lot of action, a lot of guys, you know, fighting with each other and a lot of fight scenes. But Joel Edgerton tore his MCL in the cage during production in this yeah. movie, and that stopped the movie for six weeks. Tom Hardy had a broken toe, broken ribs, and a broken finger. So Pretty amazing it was only six weeks. Like, that's yeah. pretty tough. Yeah, like, yeah, MCLs. yeah. That's a lot of stability gone. Well, it is. Maybe that's why they had a lot of him when he was, you know, on the ground and wrestling and, and grappling more so than than fighting after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, but broken ribs and and doing some of those scenes, that's hard. Yeah. Abs- oh, absolutely. I've broken ribs and it's not it's yeah. not fun yeah. at all. Tom Tom Hardy seemed to put on a lot of muscle. Like he looked steroid yeah. muscle. But yes, yeah, so he, he's on Hugh Jackman's he, diet. He was bulky, yeah. Like Joel what about the look, shoulder look traps? Realistic, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those massive shoulder traps. traps. Yeah, he does, but he doesn't actually. He's got massive traps, but he doesn't have big shoulders. No, he sort of he's got these huge traps, and then it's like brown snake shoulders. Mm. It's funny. He's got a funny body. I look because I look at the bodies of men. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Nothing when I'm not looking at. Delicious round three models. Or Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, there we go. Tell For this us. episode, anyway. Okay, what about uh, on the first day? This is how good Nick Nolte was. On the first day of shooting, they did a scene in a cafe, and the whole cast stood up and applauded his performance. They left that on the cutting room floor. Didn't oh, make the final cut of the Really? Yeah. yeah. So he just took it to another level, old nut tuck. Yeah. So good. What about uh, – I said that uh, Brian Callan's MMA commentator is based on a uh, Spotify 
brother in Joe Rogan to us. Loose, a loose version of loose Joe version Rogan. Loose version of Joe Rogan. And they're buds anyway. They do a lot of uh, MMA commentating together anyway. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a commentator as well, yeah? He's good. Uh, so apparently on the uh, before his audition, Tom Hardy didn't go to his hotel, turned up at Gavin O'Connor's house at midnight and knocked on the door. Yeah. And then he lived with him for five days after, then got the job. Yeah, a whole heap of Frank Grillo and yeah, they all lived together. together for, for quite, together. A, quite yeah. a bit of it. Yeah, Sounds like it would have been a bit of fun. Yeah. It would have been all on the gear. Caddyshack all over. It would have been Caddyshack all over, no doubt. They actually used the suplexes for Cobra because that was Kurt Angle's main yeah. move in the WWE. So they just brought that in as a bit of a yeah. homage. There's not many There's not many suplexes you see. And the couple that you do see, people get knocked out. Wow, Real powerful. Big. He smashes him. How does he not? Again, it's like, yeah, it's not gonna how does he not get, how does he get up? Like, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. You're winded for a month. Yeah, that's hardcore. You're winded for a month. Don't even start with the uh, with the head knock. You're going to HIA. Got any more, G-Man? No, no, that's no, it. That's all right. Well done. I've done one degree of Kurt Russell, Noah Emmerich, uh, and... We'll move into quotables. Now, there's not a heap of quotables in this movie, but there's some amazing monologues and passages. But have you got any, yeah? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple here that I really liked. One was when Brendan's talking to Frank, uh, his trainer, Frank Campano, and, he, and he's trying to get him, when he, when he talks about getting to Sparta, and he says to him, I know this isn't a great time, and it's too bad about Marco, but what about me? Talking about Sparta? Brendan, please. You got a better chance of starting a boy band. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, obviously, you owe me two hundred bucks. That was yeah. great. Yeah, I loved. I loved Brian Callen after Tommy just destroys Mad Dog, and he goes, "I'll tell you what, you do that to someone on the street, and they'd lock you up and throw yeah. away the key. Break out the yellow tape, Sam. Tommy's walking away from the cage like he's leaving a crime scene." Yeah. That was awesome. Very good. That Very was good. awesome. Uh, yeah, there's not much. Uh, like Brendan, uh, Frank Grillo as Brendan, uh, as Frank, his campaign is really, really good. I love it when when he pops his shoulder, when Brendan pops Tommy's shoulder and he comes back to the corner, he's really conflicted. And he and Brendan goes, I popped his shoulder. And Frank's like, relax, breathe. And he goes, I heard it tear. And he goes, you popped his shoulder? Good. Now I want you to pop his other one. Yeah. And it's just like, just finish it. Yeah. It was really good. So a lot of that was Greg Jackson. So Greg Jackson suggested all of this yeah. to Frank Grillo, and and a lot of that is his wording. You know, a lot of lot of lot of the comments out of his corner were were things that that came out of Greg Jackson's mouth. Yeah. All right. Well, I reckon that's probably about it. I know that Dan up there on the land is prepping for what's coming next, uh, which is film school. For Fwits. Take it away, Dan. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, everyone's favourite segment, film school for all of us, F-wits. And this week I alluded to it earlier because I just love the end of this film and The the National is a, a band that supplies the, the track for the, the final scene. It's called About Today. And the, the backstory for that is is Gavin O'Connor and his producing cohorts actually, that this is the, the song that they wanted to end the film with. So they actually wrote the final scene to the beats of that particular song. So it made it fit the song, which I just think is incredible. And the way that it uh, it just lifts throughout, and actually they treat the song a bit so that it has a bit more of an, an upswell at the end. And it, it's just amazing. It's just the perfect track to end the film and give it the gravitas. Like it's not, this isn't a kick-ass film. 
you don't need to uh, buy into the machismo or, or any of that of the fighters. Like this is this is heavy shit, and uh, we want to, we want to root for both the protagonists in in Brian and Tommy at the end. So I think that it just it conveys all the emotion that's part of this incredible scene. So I, I I really fucking love it, and but there's nine others that I really fucking love too. So I'm just going to take you through it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what the films are. You've just got to uh, you just got to guess what they are. So the fact this is in no particular order, but the first one's Edward Norton. Norton and Helena Bonham Carter. He tells her he's going through a bit of a weird time in his life. I mean, do you fucking think? They start staring out the window as the buildings collapse around them and then the Pixies kicks in with Where Is My Mind? And that's, of course, Fight Club. And, oh, my God, I love the Pixies, but just the, the use of that track as the buildings start to drop and uh, the movie fades out. David Fincher, what an incredible use of, uh, of music in this time, and I think that that is completely iconic. Boys, are you are you Fight Club final scene fans? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. No, one of my favourites. Uh, this one, probably not as favourite to you guys as it is to me, but Bill Murray's riding off in a, in a, in a town car. He, <laughs> he spots Scarlett Johansson on a Tokyo Boring. street. He gets out of the car and he follows her. Hey, you. They embrace. He whispers something in her ear. We don't know what he says. Then they kiss and my heart melts. He says goodbye. She cries. Bill Murray is a fucking boss, so fuck off. Drum start, and it's the Jesus and Mary chain <laughs> with Just Like Honey. Of course, Sophia Coppola's absolute masterpiece, Lost in Translation with the Jesus and Mary chain playing Just Like Honey. Boys, is that one of your favourites or not? No, I don't like the movie. It's boring. So I don't think I even got to the last scene. Not in <laughs> yeah. my repertoire, Morgs. <laughs> You're both. But I'm sure we'll cover it at some stage and we can give it a great rating like Can't Buy Me Love. You're both actual fuckwits. Uh, we will move on. So <laughs> next film is Ryan Gosling in a car. He's staring into space. He's looking very fuckable. Synths kick in. It's an 80s synth. The lyrics kick in. And a real hero, real human being. He drives off. Albert Brooks, the gangster, is dead on the ground. He's a funny choice for a gangster. A funny Jewish man. Carrie Mulligan is looking very pixie, pixie amazing girl and knocking on his door looking for him, but he's not there. He drives off like a sick cunt. The movies drive and the band is College and Electric Youth and the song is A Real Hero. I fucking love Drive. Do you guys dig Drive? Drive's a great movie. Fucking violent. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It's, it's the, but the, the whole, that soundtrack was a, a favourite of mine back in the day, around about the same time as this one. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that that use of that track just encapsulates the whole film and uh, I can listen to College and Electric Youth, a real hero, anytime. All right, we're ramping it up a bit. This one you're going to get pretty quickly, but I'm just going to dive a bit further into it. Renton Begbie, Sick Boy and Spud, <laughs> sell their heroin and have a fat stack of cash. They're all after the deal and sleeping in a hotel room together. The music kicks in. Drive boy, dive boy, dirty numb angel boy. In the doorway, boy, she was a lipstick boy. She was a beautiful boy. Renton looks at himself in the mirror. He's going to do something shit. 
He slowly prizes the loot out of the sleeping psychopath Begbie. Let your feelings slip, boy, but never your mask, boy. Random blonde, bio-high-density. Random blonde, boy. Blonde country, blonde, high-density. You are my drug, boy. You're real, boy. <laughs> Begbie goes fucking nuts in the hotel room. The cops come. The cops come. Shouting, laga, 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 shouting, laga, 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 shouting, laga, 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 shouting, mega, mega white thing, mega, mega white thing. Enough! Of course, it's train spotting, but it's born slippy by the mighty underworld. Wow, wow, wow. Come on, you must enjoy that melding of incredible music and <clears throat> amazing scene. Go! Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good I always one. love that. That's a great ending to that movie. Cracker. I was I was late to uh I was late to train spotting. I, I wasn't big on the um on the drug movie sort of making it seem cool, but when you watch train spotting a couple of times you realize it's not what it's doing. No, I don't think it is. No, it's, it's not at all. It's just full on brutal. Yeah, it's like do not do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's full on. Yes. Anyone who anyone who dives into that toilet, oh, oh the shitter shitter in Scotland, awesome. But yeah, what a track! Um, what an incredible final scene. Um, another one, you guys, I know you've seen. So, <clears throat> Joan Allen says, "Why don't you come in?" And Matt Matt Damon says, "Get some rest, Pam. You look tired." And then, Extreme ways are back again. Extreme places I didn't know. It's of course Moby Extreme Ways. Just the the absolute killer conclusion to all of the Bourne films. But yeah, I just I was doing thinking back on on tracks that I really loved. Thinking about those films, which. They're not, they're not my favourite films. I like them. I, I trip out a bit because of the handheld camera shaky bit, but that is just such an iconic track and, and such a great use of it. So I think uh, had to had to be included in the list. Well done. Nice uh, work. I won't go into the details of the last four, but I just uh, very quickly, The Breakfast Club, Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, yep. as Judd Nelson punches the air. Amazing track. They all <laughs> hated each other, this band of uh, misfits, and they come together. As all as mates, probably hanging out in first period on Monday, maybe not. Uh, excellent, excellent use of uh, of that track. Simple Minds made a lot of freight out of that particular oh, but track. Still making freight from it. Still making so freight. Judd, Judd Nelson wasn't supposed to do that. There was something else. They had something else. It was in a mind. slow clap. He was going to yeah. do a slow clap. <laughs> he was going to do a speech. He was going to do a speech to the Oval on his own. But no, there was something else. He was, going to do. he was either just going to walk past the camera, or he was going to do something else. And then he just ad libbed the the fist in the air, yeah. which just. Is really iconic and, and ends that movie so well. You're right, Morgs. Don't, 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 don't forget about me. Uh, I had to include this as well, and I really do like this film, and I haven't seen it for a while. I used to watch it a lot, but uh, Eminem, of course, concluding his own film, his own star turn, whereas we never, every fucking scene is his first go as an actor. Uh, Lose Yourself. What, a, what an incredible track. Yeah. What an Oscar. Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, look, it just had to be included. Final two, going back to the graduate, uh, and on oh. the bus, they've just run away from the church. 
Is that? It's not Mrs. Robinson. It's no. Um, is it Mrs. Robinson? No, no. it's not. It's uh, no, that's in the movie. That's in the movie, but, but no. It. Simon and Garfunkel, the sound of silence. It is Simon and Funkel's sense yeah, of silence. It is. Right. Yes. Hello, darkness, Good my song. old friend. Yeah, look, what they're just on the back of the bus, like looking like what on the, the back actual of the bus. fuck yeah. have we done? And uh, in yeah. kicks the, this uh, iconic Simon and Garfunkel track. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, Mike Nichols. Well played, you. Finally, the last one, a bit of a crowd pleaser. Rooney is Ed Rooney. He's on the bus. <laughs> Rooney eats it is written on the back of the bus. A chick with glasses offers him bubblegum and yellow with oh yeah is yeah. playing. To Doom ball, the ball. <laughs> what a Doom great ball, track. Ball. And, and, and really, That's a, a cracker. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a post uh, script to that film as well, so Ferris has, of course, won the day and got away with everything, but then we just see poor old Ed Rooney at the end and this song kicking in, iconic song, passed over into popular culture. That's it. They're my favourites. Any that you guys thought of that, that I missed? No, I think you've covered a lot of them, mate. I, we think we'd leave this one open oh, to you, I think. I, you've you crushed did, it. Look, Morgs, you did miss one. Go, you did miss one. Go. <laughs> you've, Paul Gilreath, vocals by Joe Torono, you missed Stand On Your Own, The End Of No Retreat, No Surrender. <laughs> The final song is they queue out. Stand on your own. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I purposely left in credit song tracks. This was more the final scene. This is uh, yes. to, wrap, to wrap up the movie. But, yes, Gal, and uh, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender would top most movie song credit lists for sure. Well done. That's me. Good work, F-Wits. Yeah, good. Very elaborate again, Daniel. You're nice getting, work. You're getting quite good at this. Uh, okay. Now, from one quality segment to the next, Stan Bush kick-ass credits and a nice segue from Dan's end credit songs in film school for F-Wits. We're going to go to I'm on the Block. It was supposed to be Dan, but he got a bit lazy because he obviously was looking up 17 songs that uh, that finished. He's very busy up on the land, I know. I put all my effort into the film school this week, but I was I was <laughs> riffing on something where about – uh, Gavin O'Connor batting above his weight with with Brooke Burns. I just couldn't get I couldn't get the hook, so that's why I threw it out and said, "Look, if anyone else is having a crack," and M White Esquire stood up. So let's uh, let's yeah. let's hear some uh, some insights into your Stan Bush kick okay. credit song. All right, so I've, I I put something together quite quickly. Uh, it's called "Hero to Some." Uh, I know that Gal may have half a song that we may put tack on the end here, just as a little bit of a Easter egg for this episode, but. Uh, this is this is about Tommy. Uh, he's a hero to some, and uh, it's 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 quite broody. This uh, this, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to fuck it up at some stage. So just bear with me. Uh, but for you guys who are listening to this, it'll all be one take. Okay, here we go. Sands not for the faint-hearted. His only brothers are wearing green on the run from the navy. He's born a fighting machine. He hooks up with the old man. He hope to make him a fighting queen. It won't be long till he secrets out. He'll bring the world to its knees. He's a hero to some, but an asshole to most. If he gets you in the octagon, he'll turn you to toast. So his older brother, Brandon, fell in love and stayed at home. Shacked up with his old man, now he's a father of his own. He's got hatred inside, 
bad because his best mate just died. It got rained down from the heavens by the guys from his side. He's a hero to some, but an asshole to most. If he gets you in the octagon, he'll turn you to toast. He's a hero to some, but an asshole to most. If he gets you in the octagon, you're fucking toast. Yeah, nice. Good song. Good song. What was the line about him being a fighting queen? Yeah, well, yeah. I was I was gonna say something else, but it's good. It's all so the I'll fit. just go with Queen. Excellent. It doesn't fit. You're but back, anyway, you're back to form. That was uh, yeah. I could see that as closing out a, uh, a a song over the credits. So well done. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a top good five song. experience for me. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed the clapping and the clicking down. Yeah, it really I made just, me. I felt it. I felt it. Oh God, I was just feeling it. I was just, yeah, yeah, up on the land. Well, this oh, is it. Sam's is probably going to get one to that later on tonight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the nooner at night. The yeah, nooner. The night nooner. The, the, the night. Nooner, the nine p.m. nooner. <laughs> night nooner. Night oh. nooner. Okay. So, G man, you gonna you gonna try something or no? You... No, we we can save it. Okay, we'll save that one. Okay. So let's move into star of the show. We'll start with you up on the land there, Dan. Who you got? Oh, like I, I find it so hard to go past. I, I think. The Holland's ensemble is excellent. I think it was cast extremely well, but I just cannot go past Nick Nolte. Like, there's just, I, I, it is an absolute blood boiling <clears throat> travesty that this was not recognised with an Academy Award. He is fucking brilliant. I think everyone's great in the film, but uh, Nick Nolte is just a standout. Nick Nolte, you are my MVP. G Man, oh, it's hard to go past that. We've we've covered it in uh, in spades here tonight. Yeah, look, as I said before, the, the the whole interaction between the three of them separately is is really really good, and Nick Nolte is a major major part of that. So I'm happy to stay with him too. Well done, Nick. Well, it's a it's a triple threat. I'm going with uh, Nicholas uh, Nolte as well. It's he's fucking unbelievably good in this movie. In a in a movie that's full of pretty good performances, he's an absolute standout, and it's a fucking joke that he didn't win the Oscar. But anyway, we'll get over that. Let's slide into. The Rank Bank. And we've got a few to choose from here. Let me hear what you think on. It's tight, this one, because it's it's such a serious movie. It's hard to find anything that's sort of bad. Okay, so we've got submissions, brotherly beatdowns, books on tape, legit drunk scenes, dysfunctional families, or nut tucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have to go with nut tucks. Oh no, I think I think nut tucks too obscure. I think legit drunk scenes is more uh, more relevant. Okay, but nut tucks good is work. bloody funny though. So thank you. <laughs> well, I just had okay. So how many legit drunk scenes are you giving Warrior Daniel? Uh, everybody, hold your phones. Another five is on the wow. podcast. 
This is five out of five every day. I fucking love this movie. I watch it very often. I'm never disappointed. It runs a bit long, but I'm never ever sitting there thinking, oh, come on, hurry up. This is just a very, very well done in the film, in the sports genre. I would argue this may be the greatest ever sports film. It's certainly up there. Uh, we can talk about others at another time, but five out of five, if we stick that up your results. Nice work. Nice. nice what about you, G Man? What are you giving Warrior? Look, it's a pretty high mark for me. It's a really good movie, and watching it again, it's just it's emotional. You go on the roller coaster with them all. It's four and a half for Ooh. me, four point five. Yeah, it's it's That's good. Big. I really really enjoyed that. Yeah, I really enjoyed this rewatch. Loved it. Yeah, look, I love Warrior. I'm with you, G Man. It's four point five. Oh! It's, it's 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 nine out of ten. This is going to this is going to make the rank bank very very interesting. I think it's going to get a little. Heavy, heavy at the top, I would think. And I shall just move this over so Gal can read this. Okay, so we have here, we have 4.67 legit drunk scenes right above 4.5 flamethrowers for The Thing, equal with Raiders of the Lost Ark at 4.67 very dangerous asps and 4.67 80 flowing mullets lethal weapon. That puts us into equal first. Equal wow. first. Yeah, wow. 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 Incredible. Yeah. That's that's up there with some heavyweights. Yeah. I actually, think down to fourth spot. Yeah. I actually think not enough people have seen this movie, and it's one of these ones where I think it's so niche yeah. that, that people have avoided it for that reason. But you, do, you uh, and do not have to give a shit about mixed martial arts to love this film. It's no. just a brilliantly, brilliantly crafted film. It's awesome. I, no, I, it is. It I is. actually think this is one you could easily watch with the with the wife. Uh, or, or your uh, or your partner Absolutely. very easily. They get they get as much out of it as what you would. The emotional journey of of all the lead actors is just phenomenal. Uh, and it's oh, if you sorry. haven't seen it, watch it. Not sure if it's on Netflix. Might be. It's on stand now, right? Yeah. It was on it was on Netflix just recently. The, so it's on the, stand. The now. good thing about this movie is too is that it doesn't just end with everyone being happy and you know like one of them wins, but he has to take his brother out and and the dad leaves it and it's all it's not covered. No. Which is which is great because it doesn't Today, just it doesn't just tie it up and it doesn't play for fools. Doesn't play it just it just lets it go. And there's away. a lot more to it. It's a great song. It's a great song. Okay, we're gonna sneak this one at the end here. So if we like this, what else are you gonna like? You got only for this gal? Six cents. I do. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, the six cents ties right into this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw look, a few dead people in the octagon. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, mad dog grinds. Look, yeah, mad dog's down. The obvious, the obvious one for this to me is the fighter. Now, ah, yeah, yeah, good Christian, yeah, yeah, Christian yeah. Bale, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. brothers. Um, one has a drug problem, so there's interaction between them, and it's and it's a, it's a tough, gritty story, and it is an awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, it is hardcore. But Amy Adams in it as well; she's unreal. Melissa Leo is the mum. Yeah, it is. It is so much like you know. It, I guess because the whole storyline is around two brothers and a and a fighting boxing background. Um, yeah, it's it's really. Christian Bale won Academy Award. Yep. It's a great movie. And he is fantastic. Yeah. Like, his role scene is when he's crazy. in the prison and he's he's bragging to all the other inmates about the doco that's about him and his fighting yeah. life and then it just shows up and his is just a full smacky. That's just heartbreaking. It's awesome. Yeah. what Great yeah. choice. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. You're back on form. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant choice. 
Okay. And and it's funny when you watch the end of that movie and they they cut to actually to Mickey Ward and and his brother to Dickie Eklund and then you, you only see a, a small snippet of them being together and then you're thinking well, I thought to myself wow these two are so much like them in the movie they definitely. they caught them so well definitely but the other one I had if you haven't seen this is a is a TV show we touched on it earlier it's called Kingdom yeah this and is, it is our favorite. Frank, it is a Frank favorite. Grillo. Frank Grillo. It Frank is Frank Grillo. Grillo. So Frank Grillo plays Alvy Kalina. So it's kind of like it's kind of like ten years on from where he is in this movie, and he, you know, he's got two sons. One's Nick Jonas. Um, he's got two sons that are that are different and wayward and and doing their own thing. And he's a he owns his own MMA gym. He's the coach. The first scene in this movie is of this series. Sorry, he's unreal with Frank Grillo in it when he knocks out this biker. And if you, as soon as you watch that. You're hooked on this show, and it's gritty and it's dramatic. Um, Nick Brian Jonas Callen's is in it. excellent in it as well. Nick Jonas is mm. unreal in yeah. it. Brian Callan is awesome. He's the promoter in this. Um, it's it's a fantastic show. Paul Walter Howes is in it. Um, you know the guy that was in Richard Jewell and I Tonya, oh, yeah, the big yeah. guy, yeah, the big fella. Yeah, he um he's he's unreal in it. He's plays a bit of an unhinged guy in this show, and he's awesome. Like you can tell he's. You tell how good an actor he is just in the show as well. Yeah. You know, he's just got it. So, but if you haven't seen it, and John Bull. If you haven't seen this series, get it. If you love Warrior, you will love that series. Yeah, I'm sure Bullies will over this. What do you got, Dan? Uh, I, yeah, Gals, nailed it. I've, I've got a couple here, but I don't want to. I, I bow to greatness. Well done. I've, I'm with G. Okay, excellent. I've got, I've got one. Oh, I've got, I've got two. Uh, one Southpaw, which has got Jake Gyllenhaal and yep. Rachel oh, McAdams. Yeah, that's gritty. Which is really, really good. After the his wife gets shot and murdered, or you know, Mount, yeah, sort of killed. Not murdered, but killed. Sort of killed. Sort of killed. Is that, She's dead. Is that Taylor Sheridan? Uh, yeah, I think it is I Taylor it Sheridan is. Southport, yeah. Mm. Uh, but he, he sort of goes down the spiral and loses his daughter and has to fight to get her back, and Jeez, he's a boxer he's as well. Oh, my God. He's, he's fit, fit in this, bad. man. He is super fit. Uh, but the I've got two, and they're, they're, a, they're a movie and a sequel. Undisputed 1 and Undisputed 2. Now, Undisputed 1 stars Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames, and it's set in prison where they Ving Rhames is the heavyweight champ of the world and he gets sent to prison and Wesley Snipes is the the jailhouse champ and they actually put this fight between the two of them and it gets televised and it's in this jail. It's it's completely unbelievable, but it's fucking amazing. I've never right? heard of it. Never heard of it. Mate, it is so good. It's called yeah. Undisputed. Yeah. What okay. is even better is Undisputed 2, <laughs> right, which has got Michael Jai White, right, yeah, right? right. who okay. is like the most ripped human on the planet yeah, yeah. and he's a martial arts freak <clears throat> and it's it's almost the same movie and he has to fight a Russian guy, which is that Stephen Adcock or whatever, or you'd know him. He's, he's, um, you'd know Stephen him. Adcock? Is that Bull? It is Bull. It's not Stephen Adcock. That is Bull. It's Jeez. Stephen someone. Does anyway. he have an axe in that one? His nickname is Axe as well. But he has to fight him as well. And there's all this, it's all the politicizing within the jail and, and it's all crooked right. and stuff. And it, they are incredible movies. They are on Plex. You should watch both of them. They're really, really good. There's about five undisputed, but the first two are excellent. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, so. All right. Go. And again, are we watching anything? We want to add to anything here? Are we watching anything? I've been watching Full Swing. The golf doco. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I'm 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 five episodes in, really enjoying it. I really like the yeah. <laughs> half. Have have you have you watched um Drive to Survive, Dan, the F one one? I have. It's a bit it's a bit same, same. I've seen two episodes 
and uh, it's not really grabbing me this year so far. A full swing or drive survive? No, drive survive. Yeah, I haven't seen any full swing because that's oh wow, yeah. drive survives unreal. Yeah, I love drive survive. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and and this is based sort of on that. But Similar. yeah, it's, look, if if you're a golfer and you like golf, oh, but even no, just sorry, to get the sorry, backstory me, in some of these guys. Let me clarify. Sorry, I love drive to survive. I've watched the first yes. two episodes of the series that just landed, and yeah. it's a bit ho hum at the moment. Oh right, right. I gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Oh, what about you, Dan? Mm. Drive us five. <laughs> That's what I've watched okay. a couple of episodes of that. Okay. And looking forward to watching The Last of Us when we break tonight. Well, yes, yes that's right. Doing that, going straight home to watch that, obviously. Mm. Uh, I have started a new uh, British police drama on Netflix. Uh, uh, it's actually on Foxtel at the moment. It's called Happy Valley. Oh, it's I love female, that. Uh, yeah, Happy hey, Valley's awesome. It's really freaking yeah. good. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, I've seen the first uh, got- two series. Really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, if you can, if you can get it, watch it. It's amazing. What about those poor uh, buggers? Like, stop, or I'll say stop again. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, yeah. just give them a gun. Give them a gun. Give them a gun. Give them a gun. Give, give them a gun. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what else has come. I haven't watched this week, but I'm going to. Is Last King of the Cross has just come out. That's the oh, one about John Ibrahim. John Ibrahim, yeah. Yeah, so it's got Matt Nable in it. And Matt Nable's the, the I think he's minder, he's bouncer, but he narrates it from what I understand. So, yeah, it looks really good. Matt Nable's a big fan of the podcast. Oh. You know, we've, we've spoken at length. Johnny Bull, hit we, him up. We love Matt he, Nable. Matt Nable should get on here. We should try and get – well, surely with our connections, we'd be able to get Matt Nable. He's, from, he's from the Badlands. Surely Northern Beaches, boy. Yeah, yeah. from the Badlands yeah. like us. Uh, grew up grew up. Hello, yeah, Badlander. Wrong, wrong side of the tracks on the, the Northern Beaches. So, yeah. Got out. Mm. Got out. You know, got to get out of the Northern Beaches yeah. apparently. Uh, okay, well, that's it for this episode of Warrior. Now, next week, we got a crammed – calendar coming up i don't know whether we spoke about it last week but we've got our we're gonna have an oscar special where we're gonna do one of the greatest travesties travesties of of the oscar of a movie not winning we're also got our 50th episode coming up shortly and we've also then got our first year anniversary which we're gonna do two of the biggest movies i think we'll ever do on this podcast in those two episodes we're also going to miss Gow for a week. He's going away. He's going to uh, try and – he's working with Morgs, trying to get Morgs into the academy. So he's going to do some back-channel back workings. There's a lot of heavy hitting going yeah. on here. I'm going to go and talk to Sensei Seagal and a few others and yeah. see what we can do for yeah. Morgs here. Thank we're, you. We're Appreciate gonna, it. Appreciate we're working it. for you. We're Thank working you. for you. Fuck them. Appreciate uh, it. Next week we're doing a great period piece. Two Australian actors burst themselves onto the Hollywood scene and announce themselves. Academy Award-winning movie, LA Confidential. Yeah, this, this has been brewing for a few weeks. Has LA. been brewing. It's I've been, wanted it. Yeah, it's. I've wanted it for a while. This is a good movie. Yeah, it's a yeah, great movie. movie. I haven't yeah. seen it for a while, but I've saw, saw it a lot. Three, so, three great performances by Aussie actors, if you count yep. the, the mentalist, Simon Baker-Denny as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's very good. Mm. He's a yeah, swings both ways. But That's he does. Right. Yeah. But Guy Pearce and, and Rusty Crow, Australia's own Rusty yeah. Crow. Uh, yeah, amazing. Bud, Bud, yeah, Bud, yeah. Bud talk, Bud. talk about dynamics between actors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that next week. Good okay, choice. Okay, so on that note, next week it is LA Confidential. So do your homework. It is on Netflix, people. So rip in. It's a long one. It's another two hour plus yeah. movie, but it'll be worth every minute of it. Make sure you watch it. Yep, yeah. Kevin Spacey. We can talk about him now that he's sort of re- apparently redeemed himself. Has anyone been anyone jumped on the line and talked about any of the tips we've given him lately with with fucking good flicks? Uh, it's been a bit quiet on the waves this week, but um, you know, just the stock standards. 
get on the group. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know if you're watching any of the movies that we're recommending and if we're full of shit or not. That'd be nice. But for now, I reckon that's it. So until next week, where we'll see you looking at the Hollywood homicides with LA Confidential, it's bye for now. Stay classy, San Diego. Shouting mega, mega white thing, mega, mega white thing, lager, lager, lager. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.